0: TheYeshiva.net
1: okay, So we're in the Meimer V'yadayta, Moskva, Zion, page Nun, Aleph. Eight lines from the top. VeYesh erich v'shayches laylonos. After explaining at length the method of communication between the the mentor and the pupil, the teacher and the disciple, we're in order to uh, communicate the wisdom, the truth, in a way that can be internalized and absorbed within the containers, the capacity, and the structure—physiological, mental, and emotional, and cognitive and spiritual—structure of the student. The teacher must filter, channel, and most importantly, restrict the flow as explained at length, and often employ parables, metaphors, allegories, to transport the idea to a much lower level, to concretize it, maybe even to make it more coarse, more brute, which is more tangible for the world, for the Weltanschauung of the student to appreciate it. And then he could slowly strip the layers and go back upward from the marshal to the nimshal. In the process, he calls Er Choser versus Ur Yasher. That was the Moshel and the Nimshal. We now can appreciate the concepts of Shem Havai and Shem Alakim with more clarity, meaning that Shem Yutke Vavke represents the source of Gilui, what we call in uh, Kabbalistic or Hasidic language Ur. Ur again is a metaphor, but it's a metaphor. Ur means light, light ultimately is a very intangible property, but it's on some level a physical property. We, we, we appreciate it, we feel it, we know it, we uh, experience it in so many different ways. It's the, one of the most important sustaining forces of life on our planet and in our lives, our personal lives as well. And hence, air itself is a metaphor. And what is it, a metaphor? It's a metaphor for the Gilui. And when we want to speak about Yud vofke, we call it the Eyr. What is the Eyr? The Eyr represents the revelation, the expression of infinity. Eyr me'ein ha'mayr and Eyr b'moyer. And thus, Eyr and the worlds can't really coexist because the worlds are based on identity and finiteness. On the other hand, to conceal the Eyr and just block it, you're not going to have a world. Creation comes from expression, from the Kaya Chapayel. The, the power of the activator being manifested in whatever he or she wants to create. Restrain, restrain is a very powerful quality, but nothing happens outside of you from restraint. Restrain means you just retreat into yourself. You're restraining, you're holding on to your kayach. So just from concealment you can't have a world. Because what is concealment? Concealment is just a blockage. So, you need the, the expression of Kaya Chapaya. And this is where we have the challenge because the Eirin Seif is infinite. So, Shema Lekim is like the, so to speak, the marshal that the teacher introduces into the class. It's the restrictive garments that, that harness and limit and block and concretize and restrict. The energy of the Ein Saif, that only an external ray should emerge, and this is where Kalem come in, meaning that the air is manifested in Kalem, which give it a shape, and give it a mold, and give it a color, and give it a dimension. Again, we're talking about spiritual colors and spiritual dimensions, and it becomes divisible. We could call, we could say, there's Chokmah this there's Chesed and so forth.
2: Question. Yeah. So the other names of Hashem that are discussed in Balvasrah in the character the first parrot, do those names also have the same uh revival and uh ability to to that to
1: Right, very good question. What about the other names of Hashem? So indeed each name, right, represents a tr- certain channel of energy. In 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 Sefer Hapardis, this the book of Pardas Rimainim which means the Orchard of Pomegranates, that was authored by one of the great Kabbalists, the Ramak, Rabbi Moshe, Rabbeinu Moshe Cordovero, who was a teacher of Darizal in the 1500s in Svas. He passed away in 1570s. He has a sefer called Pardas. It's an encyclopedic Kabbalistic work, and there he goes through Shar HaShemus, the unique quality based on the Zohar and other writings, the unique quality and characteristic of each one of the names. In fact, each one of the names represents what we would call another sphera. Here he mentions Chachma, Chesed, and so forth. So each one of them represents a particular characteristic that, so to speak, filters and channels the energy through a particular keli. Yeah,
2: just one other question. Because yes. Focusing on the 42-letter name, is that actually the yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So he says, Now the energy is one that can have a relationship to the worlds, to the like the teacher, when he filters and channels and concretizes the idea. In a metaphor, now the students, the, the, the photosynthesis process can happen. Now the student opens up and can receive it, can absorb it. There's an Erech, there's a relationship, there's a Shaykh.
2: Energy and Aura are interchangeable?
1: It's just various, I think, English words that you know somehow convey a little bit of the concept.
2: Huh?
1: part of light is that it's energy. the way it's This is exactly what we explained about the seichel hamad The teacher wants to give, he doesn't want to hold back. He wants to teach, he wants to mentor. He wants the truths to be communicated. The whole Hester is a chelik of the gilui. But it's the seichel ha-matzumtzum It's the restricted seichel, it's the channeled seichel, it's the diluted seichel that could come to the makaba called its lefi erke. Lefi means it's, it's commensurate with him. It's, there's a connection there. That's step one, and then there's many other steps. Then there's something called in Keli itself, just like we have in the physical Keli, the Pinimius of the Keli, the inside. The Chitzonius of is the outside. So he says, Through something called before he just spoke about Kalem. that kalem contained the o Right? He said, "Haaruzu but beKelim the atmosphere is in Atsilas, the concept of Atzillus, which is the first universe, it's a divine universe, is that there's Eurus and Kelim. Prior to Atsilas, so to speak, there's no Kelim. There's just Eir. In other words, there's no finiteness. There's no symptom of the Eir. It's just pure infinity. Atsilas is the first place, so to speak, where there's a marriage of Eir and Kelim, which allows there to be a world. But it's still the world of Atsilas. He says then there's something called Chitzanius Hakala. The external element of a Kli. ha Parsa. And then there's something called a Parsa, which means a veil, a muscle. Hamav which separates further the Ur. Bein Libri Yitzir Between Atzilis and what would become the lower worlds. Nimshech, as a result of these, Ur, Nimshech, Ur, Lefiyarich, Ur, baligvul. Now there's a whole new type of Ur. That the new Ur is actually one that is commensurate with finite universes. And the chuli, of course, is every stage requires a new type of keli and a new type of parsa, a new type of vessel and a new type of veil in order to make the ur commensurate and accessible and custom made to the world, to the reality that needs to emerge into existence.
2: So why can't he just speak of Caleb and Musa? Why does he have to invoke his talk the it Why is it necessary to introduce this concept?
1: What's so what's the of Caleb So very briefly, just like when we speak in a physical Caleb, we have again we, we're gonna use a muscle That's how we, we use mushalam constantly. There's the primius of a cli, take a cup, right? There's the inside of the cup and then the outside of the cup. The inside of the cup, or any keli, its function is to contain the liquid that the cup is supposed to contain, or whatever this utensil is supposed to contain. That's the plimius. The chitzonius hakeli is basically a part I have access to. I don't grasp, usually, the plimius hakeli, whether there's a handle or there's no handle. You grasp the outside of the keli, and that gives you access to the vessel. So if you want to speak about this in more abstract language, the Pnimiya Sakeli is a metaphor for that aspect of the Keli that its entire identity is just to carry and hold on to the light. The Chitsonius Sakeli, on the other hand, is already how the Keli allows others to use it and benefit from it. Right. I get, I have access to the Kli. So in spiritual or more abstract thought, that's a martial for two different types of aspects of Caleb. One is a keli that indeed contains the light, but its entire identity is just a channel, a vessel, a receptacle for the light. Chitzoni Yisakkeli would mean that here the light gets obscured even more because the focus is not just a channel for the light. The focus rather becomes... Some, one that allows for something outside. I'm holding on to the Kli, my entire identity is not drinking coffee. Sometimes uh, a person likes coffee very much. Now the Kli is actually serving me, I'm not serving the Kli. So Khitsaini Nisa is already, so to speak, a stage lower in the evolution. So you
0: shouldn't need Chitzei keli, not Right. That's pure spiritual.
1: So Natsila is the whole identity of Chach, Khassad Chesed, Is just a channel for the oil, but from that you're not going to get a lower type of consciousness. And so, in each world and each sphere, there's like this process of. This is what we call seder histaushlus, the process of evolution. It's really devolution. If you really, it's really not evolution. It's devolution. From pure divine energy, it devolves into metaphors. There's like a metaphor for a metaphor for a metaphor for a metaphor, and each one. Concretizes the divine energy more and more, and it loses that original intensity which is infinite and indivisible. So it starts off with Hatzilas, but then it goes there's Briya, and there's Yitzir, and there's Asiya. And you're doing it with endless metaphors and endless containers. It's not five or ten or twenty. He says Khulu, but it includes every stage, every sphere, every mid, every world, and each world itself. There's endless layers of consciousness until we come to this world, Asiya, and in our world itself, every person is a different state, is in a different state of consciousness. How you perceive reality is not how I perceive reality, right? God's light emerges through every existence in its own unique way. The common denominator in this world is that atheism is welcome. <laughs> this is the first world where atheism is actually very. Uh, you can receive, uh, you could be guaranteed a tenure in a very prestigious university as a result of your uh, unwavering dedication to atheism. So, is perception—that's the common denominator in this world. But you still, once but you still can't compare the state of consciousness in a rhinoceros, right, to the state of consciousness in a chimpanzee, to the state of consciousness. In a human, lahavdil, to the state of consciousness in a blade of grass, to the state of consciousness in a, in a grain of sand. Even though there's consciousness in each, on one level or another, what we see or what we don't see, simply looking at the atomic level of it and the atomic structure, we know how much life and movement and, and action and creativity exists even in the tiniest flake of snow, or 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 molecule of of of, of water or or, or coffee. But the common denominator in this world is that the kalim have completely uh, uh, filtered out the or uh, to the point that you may not even feel uh. or. Okay. Yes, what's the thing about Zaga? How does the Chitonius come back to you The Ekyli is what's
2: inside. How can it be different to Chitonius?
1: The word Chitonius is just a marshal. It's a marshal. The word kalim is also a marshal. <laughs>
2: No, but Cheli contains, so you can contain more, you can contain less. But the Hitsonius not, is not an object. No, is so yes, an object. If, if, if you look like this, and if you go to our money store, and they will change you in a completely different look, people will perceive you differently. Content didn't change, but people will perceive you completely different. But the amount, how much you can contain, can be different. But the outside...
1: It's like a screen. Think about it of a screen, right? He's channeling it through a screen. And you could see the screen from inside. You could see the screen from outside. From our perspective, isn't the equally important because it's the only way we can? Of course, of course, chitzayniyus hakeli is extremely important. That's what he says is the channel from the higher world to the lower worlds. The fact that the er now is filtered through something called chitzayniyus hakeli. Let's put it. Let me put it in simpler words. Just think of it as metaphors. It's just metaphors yes. to be able to grasp it. So we use ver- words like ayer and keli and penimius and chitzonius. It's simply mashalim. That's the, we, we, the, the 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 very terminology is 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 uh, is, is it's, it's it's essential to understand when we employ this terminology. The terminology at best is a marshal. Mm-hmm. and usually also not a perfect marshal. But at best, it's a marshal. So it's just, st- st- strip it from the marshal. sometimes you have to strip it from the marshal to make it clearer, right? A little more abstract. There's two ways in which the Ur can be communicated. One we call Pnemi it's going through Akli, but one we call through Pnemi one we call through Chitzani Yisakli. What is the message here? Now forget these words for a moment. What is the message here? One, communi- one can communicate a very, very intense light, also through vessels and channels. Also through containers. That's why we call it kalim. But we're focusing on pnimius versus cheserius. So this would mean one could channel the ayin and limit the ayin, right? But there is a sense that the entire focus here is the ayin. Elamai, I want to channel the ayin. Then there is the ayin goes through even a more intense process. Where the focus becomes not so much the Ur, er, the focus becomes on those who are receiving it. So it's different processes in the tzmitzum, different, different fa- phases in the in the descent itself. Yeah.
2: Is, there, is the Hittonian uh, apparently can take many shapes, right? Is there such thing as an ideal Sonius? Like when, the pnim is always begun and. Uh, you see, this is the Phneemis. Is there such an external Fitsonius that you could say, oh,
1: that's the Phneemis, that nobody can make a mistake? Or it's like... Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there is that phneemis. itself.
2: Is there, is there such a thing? So yeah. it's like a clean... Uh, yeah, course, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leonis, Because there, Fitsonius doesn't exist.
1: Or much less, it's it's or, to the Pneumius. It's the it's subservient to the Pneumius acly.
2: Emotionally, it could be in this world as well, right? So when the comes out completely, so it's uh, you will see that's the that's know.
1: Yeah. If you remember, we learned once Torah Er Parshas Noach about Akudim, Akudim, and Brudim, uh, and he discusses over there that. You have a keli, but sometimes the whole identity of the keli recognizes itself as just a channel for the O. Er. That's what Pnemi Yisakeli is. That's what his identity is. So is chachma. What is Chachma? What is Chesed? It's just a channel for Ein Soif being manifested through this way. The Chachma itself doesn't occupy space. The is Sakeli, the characteristics itself, the identity overpowers the, the, the indivisible energy. We're in the higher place, in Pnimisakeli, the identity is just a channel for the infinite energy. To use a very brute mushel, chesed as an abstract quality, that loving kindness can exist without anything to apply the loving kindness to. And then, as it's yeah. channeled down, when there's an other to receive it, it takes on a more right. a... concrete term, concrete form.
2: Can we have a good Jew at heart who doesn't do anything? can we have chesed without action? With either an object or a stop?
1: Well, he may have not found it. Like I said, was uh, aggravated because there were no guests. I was I
2: wondering was one of those channels that are referred to in yeah. the Torah, or and Noah, in Noah that you mentioned, how they relate to this concept of Simpson uh, and, and also what you call evolution.
1: Yeah. So but there he speaks about three worlds. Akudim, Nekudim, and Brudim, right? right? So he says that Akudim, all the iris are in one Kali. And the kudim, they're completely distinct, but they're too intense for each other, so they break. It's called tayo. And then brudim, there's integration, which is atzilis. But the point is, in the highest level that he speaks that there's only one kli, because the whole keli is completely a channel for the ur, so there's no sense of the visibility. Here we're already speaking that there is the visibility. It's already atzillus. It's what's called brudim, in the context of that mimer. But my point is, that with each level, what we call levels, is basically means... Um, Mitigated states of consciousness, as a result of the Kali that gives rise to this type of existence. Let's put it. Let's put it this way. And here again, the Marshall and the Nimshel can't be accurate. When we think of a teacher and a student, we never think as the teacher creating the essence of the student. The student is an individual who has his own life, his own mind, his own soul, his own body. His own, his own story, where he comes from. And uh, at some point in life, the two people met, and one is influencing the other, one is receiving from the other, and a relationship begins. So when we speak about Meshalim and simtsumim and Halimus, it's all for the information to go from one brain into another brain. Let him speak, let him speak. I can be quiet. I don't mind. Ken still. Maybe he'll be better But now what, what let's think something else now think about this Marshall It's a little a little abstract, uh, just a little you know a mental stretch, perhaps. What if a mentor is sitting with a teacher? And the type of information he gives him is going to create him from scratch. It's not going to teach him a gemara or teach him how to think. This information is going to create him. Yes, like computer programmers. <laughs> like computer programmers, right? To create the robot. Those who are creating artificial intelligent uh, creatures who are soon going to replace 80% of our uh, workforce. <laughs> And that's when the Rambam says, And the Rambam at the end of Hilches uh, Malachim. You're not creating just an idea that's going into him. What if your idea is actually fashioning the entire identity? Right? So now think about it. The way the teacher gives the sheer is the way the product, the creation emerges. It's a different type of creation. If he concretizes the idea in a much more tangible fashion, it's a different type of student than if the idea remains up there. It's a completely different place. And remember, the student doesn't know any of this. <laughs> Again, the mushal falls short. In the, in the, in the mushal, there's an active relationship. In the nimshal, when we speak about the energy and the kelim, it's not just a mushal to get it to the keli. It's the earth that creates the keli. It's the earth that creates the worlds. So there are endless states of consciousness that is all based on one thing. What is the vessel that your identity basically is based on? It's it's a completely different way of understanding it. That's where the Marshall falls so short. It's a good Marshall, but the Marshall doesn't capture this detail. The Rav doesn't create the Talmud. Here, the Keli is the essence of the world. The chemistry, the essence, physically, emotionally, spiritually, every aspect of the particular nivra is what? Is a product of the type of keli that channeled the oil in order to create this type of world. And in this, not, no two things are the same. What if there would be absolutely no kelim? There would be no distinctive consciousness. It would all be one. If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear as is, infinite. Where some of you wanted to go at some stage in your life. Still do. What do the the kelim accomplish that every single nivra, every world, has its own keli? And hence, the language would be... What is the type of Kali that you're defined by? Okay, and now I'm going to give another Marshall, which brings it from the functional to the dysfunctional. Because at this point it's all functional, just different states of consciousness. But let's talk about the dysfunctional. Yeah? Some people, some people sitting here know this story very well. Grow up with a certain perception of themselves. All information that they ever access in their life is channeled through a certain prism. Both <laughs> prism, which is sometimes a prison. yeah, and they have no other access. You could tell them, "You're the greatest person, right?" And all they hear is, "He's trying to lie. He wants my money." You understand? There's no other prism. Why? Because at some point in life, we create what's called a self-concept. How do I self-conceptualize myself? How do I see me? I don't even know this. This is just, these are the unconscious kalem that define everything. And everything is filtered through that. Some therapists like to call it the story you always tell yourself about yourself. That underlies everything. There's a story you tell yourself about yourself. And anything anybody will ever tell you about anything is filtered through that story. So that story is very deep down that I am... Let's take a classic one. I am valueless. I have absolutely no value. Yeah? Nebach her, But that's the story. That's the story. So you could write nebach, but it's still the story. And I absolutely have, there's nothing. My opinion doesn't matter. My life doesn't matter. My identity doesn't matter. My emotions don't matter. It barely even exists. I'm just here as some. Shmata. Uh, shmata is not good. Shmata at least has an absent identity. Shmata you could you could you could clean a counter with a shmata. Shmata has no value, right? A doormat even has value, but this is um, even less. So ultimately, this becomes like a blockage that everything is channeled through it, but I'm not even aware of it. And yet, in a very sad way, this is basically the the untold truth that defines my own identity. Now, of course, this is only in my mind, but the fact is that in my mind, this is how everything gets filtered. So your spouse may share something with you, you didn't even hear what she said. You heard what she said based on the filter that everything gets filtered through. It goes through a screen, and in that screen, it's completely is transformed, and therefore you respond in a way that may be completely... Uh, irrelevant to what this person said and they don't even know why you're responding this way you may respond with tremendous anger or with tremendous sadness or with tremendous jealousy or with tremendous hatred or with tremendous frustration and the reason is because you didn't even hear what I said so this is just another marshal of how sometimes an entire identity right its entire consciousness is based on the fact that the information that feeds its awareness has went through a particular kale which may sometimes be abuse or lack of nurture or some other other challenges that a person has and what now becomes your challenge your challenge in life is to be able to identify that to be able to say i hear everything through this prison once i'm aware of it right i can already see how it's getting locked it's getting restricted it's like a mouse trap. It comes into this place and it gets trapped and that's it. You're right. You're right. You have to be able to see above your calend.
2: No. How can one see above their
1: calendar? How can one see above their Get
2: married. <laughs> right.
1: You sometimes need feedback from somebody else, right? That's where the teacher comes in. That's part of what a teacher is. How about
2: challenging your own
1: assumptions? Yes, ah, challenging assumptions. Ah, so. so the teacher actually the model is better we think. The teacher actually does have to sometimes create the keli, yeah. not just deal with it. Yes yes, 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 yes.
2: You think maybe at the, the, the point once where you said a person
1: has to make mahara, everybody's keli yeah. yeah. is alive. The pinchas karetzer, the pinchas karetzer, yeah. Yeah.
2: Sometimes people in your know, life take you out of your case. Yes. What's
1: the story with the no, no, I once said in a Shia, he says about the Baba Basra and Cheska Sabatim, right, a macha that every three years you have to make a macha. In, in, there's a whole period in Baba Basra, Cheska Sabatim, and uh, one of the main issues over there is that when uh, somebody moves into a house, what do they call it? A squatter. <clears throat> uh, huh? A squatter. And uh, after some time, he claims it's his house or his garage, or his hut, or whatever it is. And there's no proof, right? So if he's been living there for three years, it's called he has a chazaka, meaning the halacha will assume that it's his house. So the question is why? And the answer, of course, is because why didn't I protest it for three years? We're not talking about the guy was in a coma for three years and he couldn't protest. We're talking that he could make a macha, even if he was away, chavre chavre Why didn't they make a machah for three years? <coughs> take, take, take it's your house and somebody else is there. At least tell somebody. Go to shul. Tell a friend. Make a machah, protest. I, I, at least charge him rent. Enough. You know, if there's a star in this, then you don't have an issue. We're talking about that you don't have these documentations to prove it. Today, I'm in if you have a deed, you have a deed. Eminent domain. So Yepinches has said, "He's a Talmud of the Barshamtiv." Says, "Say a beautiful word and avoid the such he was explaining the parakalpi called we was speaking about marshal and nimslius. He said it's really a, a marshal for avoid. and that is sometimes you don't have control over your life. There's a squatter who got, went into your system, like a foreign a foreign squatter went into your system and he took control over your brain, your heart. <laughs> at least make a macha strikes At least make a macha. <laughs> Clap on the tish and say you're a squatter. Says that's the problem. I don't care that you have a squatter. You could t- take it over. But why didn't you make a machah? Yeah. It's a very deep vart. Protestant.
2: Yeah. Is that the, what the, the author ever said, Tanya, when he says to, to scream
1: against Yeah, yeah. make a machah, yeah. I think that's where I said rent, the story. when
0: you, lived, you let
1: them live there rent-free. You charge them at least. You have something for it. Well, he doesn't want to pay, but at least make a machah, protest. In other words, the fact that there's a bunch of squatters in my brain who want to take over, okay. Yeah. Fine, of course they do that. Why shouldn't they do that? They see a nice, beautiful house. <laughs> it's kishmak to be there, right? They know that the guy is not going to do anything, so they move in, but protest it. There's a beautiful story about... Uh, the Mezut had a student, Rabzei Wolf of Zhitomir. Zhitomir is a city in the Ukraine. And his name was Rabzei Wolf of Zhitomir. It was a safer of his... Uh, a Hasidic work that was written by one of his students. Bzave Wolf of Jatamir was a holy, was a holy man. And one night there was a Jew who came to the Maggid of Mizrich, and he said that he has no control over his life. He has all what we would call today impulses and addictions and inclinations. He he doesn't know what to do. So the Maggid told him, "Go to my student Bzave Wolf of Jatamir. Go to him." He'll direct you. <clears throat> so he takes a trip, first in the Ukraine. Rich is also in the Ukraine, so he goes from Mizrich or Rovna, wherever the market was. Then he was Mizrich Rovna, and, uh, uh, and then he went to to and then he went to Zhitomir. When we went last time to Ukraine, we we stopped in Zhitomir. So uh, he uh, he comes to the Bzivol's house. Where is his house? And he happened to come in the middle of the night, and it was a wintry night in the Ukraine, in the seventeen hundreds. It was cold, freezing, and he himself was cold, this man. And he knocks on the door. There was no answer. No answer. And he's knocking and knocking and knocking. He sees there's some lantern or candle burning, so he knows that somebody's up, and this house has a residence. It wasn't a person who leaves the house for a week and leaves the electricity on us. The 1700s. He saw somebody's there. Or he saw a shadow, but nobody's answering. And I clopped, and I clopped, and I clopped, and he's freezing, freezing. And after a long time of waiting and clapping and begging and nudging, finally, the Volf of Jatamar opens the door. Shalom, Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. What brings you here? So he says, The Maggot sent me. Why did the Maggot send you? So he tells him to Maisha. Okay. Anyway, he's in his house. One day, two days, three days. Finally, the, uh, he turns to the Volf and he says, You know, I came here for a purpose. Maybe you can answer the question. He says, oh, I didn't waste time. I answered the question right away. (laughs) You didn't even have to come into the house. You could have gone home. He says, where would you answer the question? He says, what happened when you came? He says, I was very frustrated with you. Very not nice what you did. I knocked and knocked and I don't know why, but you didn't open the door. He says, no, no, that's why you were sent. It was my house. And my house, I decide when I open the door and I let somebody in. And I don't open the door and I don't let somebody in. You could have made an about face and go back to Ms. Richie when he got your whole answer. Now what does this mean? It's not of art you know. There's a profound message here. I can't always prevent somebody from knocking on the door. Sometimes it clopped. It doesn't stop clopping. Some people clop twenty-four hours a day and they don't get the message to stop. Clop, 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 clop. So people think because somebody's clopping, you gotta open the door. You don't have to who said you have to open the door. Maybe your avoidance is to be able to tell the clapper, thank you very much for the rhythm. Very nice. I appreciate your uh, symphonic skills. But this is my house. I'm not opening the door. In other words, being a master of your life doesn't mean eliminating every squatter and every knacker. There are going to be those who pound your door and some of them won't stop pounding. But you still have the choice to say, it's my house, I'm not opening the door for you. We often think that if you have toxic thoughts or depressing thoughts or feelings, it delegitimizes what's happening in, so that's not true. That's coming from an assumption that perfection, that uh, meaning equals perfection. That's completely not the case. Meaning really equals perfection. In this life, meaning does not mean perfection. It, living a wholesome, happy, meaningful life means identifying that which is really valuable and choosing. Choosing what you will allow to come into your house and call your own and what you will keep outside of the door even if in, our, the, even if in the nimshal he's already living in the house. But at least you'll make a machah. What if he gets into the house already? <laughs> so that Pinchas says at least make a machah. <laughs> There are those on the level who don't let him into the house. What if he got in already, broke the window? At least make him That's what the Gemara is saying. Cheskes him. Huh? Uninvite him. Yeah. Uninvite him, yeah. Uh, unlike, what do they do? I unlike you, yeah. Yeah, every shear, you can make like or unlike, right? Arrow up, arrow down. At least do arrow down. It's not, you may, YouTube may not delete him from the existence Right? But you don't have to become a victim of it. And this is a very important in side in life. Because people think, I have thoughts like this, I have thought, Okay, so you have thoughts. So that's Every thought is a knacker. <laughs> so, yeah, Hakt and Kopp, exactly. It knacks and knacks and knacks and knacks. And you have to choose what to let and what not
2: to let. It. Once you
1: get into the argument. You know, <laughs> Sometimes, usually arguments are futile. Arguments are futile. But it's your house. That's what the, this is my house. Your house and your house.
0: Be able to moderate,
1: it's up oh, to you. but for this, you have to know two things first of all, that you have a house, second of all, that you own it, third, that you have a right to say no. All these things are often not under question, they're under scrutiny. I have a house, I don't even exist. How can I have a house? <laughs> even if I exist, I have a house. <laughs> really, who said that? The bank owns my house, I don't own any houses, and even if I have a house, I have a right to say no. Know. Sounds like communism. Huh? Yeah, exactly, communism. Nobody has a home. So he said this two hundred years before anybody spoke about cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy. This is two hundred years before, but this is really a very. This is a. It's a very deep process. It sounds simple, but it's not so simple because the knacker, the guy banging. You don't think he's outside of the house. You think he's the owner. <laughs> he's banging so hard. You're like, oh, it's probably his house. Oh, what am I doing here? Oh, let me let me leave. Let him come in. <laughs> And you leave, you become a homeless beggar somewhere in a subway, and he takes over the house. Now, of course, this he is not a stranger. This he is just you. <laughs> it's just a different part of you. You take the house, and I'll leave you. Levitschak of Baditschaveh, once before Hakophis. he was by the shtender. They were ready to say, Atare The Baditschaveh, the Kedusha slave. And he had his talus over his head. It was after Maidev, Hakafis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, uh, and he wasn't starting. He wasn't starting atarais and all those Talmudim and Shulam and Baditch, also in the Ukraine, were waiting and waiting and they souped under the talus. It's like he's talking to somebody, something was going on under the talus. They didn't know what. Suddenly Bhaditchiva gave a scream and says Zogdu You say Atareza. They took him to the talis and he left. So, uh, this startled everybody even more. So, they asked him later, Who are you talking to? <laughs> Who are you talking to? So, he said he was about to come to stay on that today. So, yeah. And suddenly, there's a visitor, the knacker. The Kanaka is there. He's there. And he's a says, he's he's I said, What are you doing here? It's some chasteira. He says, This is me. This, this is my show. He says, but I've learned a whole year. He says, I was there. I was there in the learning. I doubt I was there. He says, I was by my Rebbe, by the Maggid. He says, I was there. See, he says, du alamdan, du alamdan, du Zogdu Have a good day. You say, atarese. But there's the, the, the honesty and the integrity to be able to identify this and to be able to say, Yeah, there's somebody knocking on the door, or there's somebody, even a squatter, in my house. Who I can't get to leave, right? Because sometimes I can't get it to leave, and yet not allowing that to delegitimize the fact that you are the ho- owner of this home, and you define ultimately the journey of your life, at least through making a macha, and that's extremely powerful. It's extremely valuable. It shouldn't underestimate. So Amela, what, what, but all of this requires one thing. To be able to see the Kaylee that filters all awareness in life and co- enters your brain through that keli. That's, that awareness is extremely precious because it allows me to choose. It allows me to see, maybe it's time to expand my Kaylee. <laughs> maybe it's time... To open myself up, maybe it's time to be able to, dis- to differentiate between the squatter and me, between the guy banging on the door and the guy inside the house. Maybe I could define. Maybe I could differentiate between the two. The moment you could differentiate between the two, then you could be a balla boss. Then you could own a house. Till you can't do that, then you can't own a house. Everybody will own it besides you. You can't own a house. And it's not an easy process because instinctively, instinctively we surrender the house to the knacker Because he really owns it. He's so good, he's so loud, he's so convincing. And remember, that's the most ancient voice we hear. So we say, oh, it must be his house, I'm just, uh, I, I, I am the, the Ghanav. ich bin the Ghanav. I'm the gazlin, it's, your, it's all yours. Rather than really identifying a different process. I'm giving a marshal how we all know that identity, right, is completely based on the certain story I have told myself. But the truth is, it's not. It's just my story that I tell myself. And even then, it's so powerful. Why? Because this is the energy filtered. Now let's talk about it in a functional way, not in a dysfunctional way. If the teacher's marshal creates the student, that's the level of reality he could perceive. So that is what creation is. When we speak about worlds, souls, angels, heichalus, oylemus, hishtalsholus, atzilus, bri yitzira, doymem tzeme, chaim every person is different. What does it really mean? In spiritual language, it basically means every nivra has its kalim. And the Kayli, the marshal, its every nivra has his Marshall. The story, the allegory, the parable God used when He wanted to create you, just like a student, a teacher comes to a certain audience, huh? Only mamala. Okay, but there's the parable the student uses, the teacher uses. We all know that every student needs their own teacher, right? We speak about yeshivas and yeshivas and yeshivas. Really, the most best system is. Every yeshiva has one child. Every child needs their own teacher, their own morah, their own mechana, their own principal, and then you need also social life. The problem is the budget. So we put 30 into, a, 30 into a room and figure it out. Okay, fight your way through and hopefully you'll emerge successfully. Every teacher, every student needs his muscle That works. So every nivra has his muscle In other words, what's the marshal? The Marshall is the type of energy that is filtered. And when that energy emerges through this screen, this is the reality that is created. What is this reality? It's entire reality. It's physical properties, spiritual properties, uh, biological properties, emotional properties, the entire brain and mind and soul. Exactly the setup, the design is a direct product, it emerged from the screening of this earth through this particular Tzimtzum and hala, And this creates this type of Nivra. These are his Kalim, this is the identity in which he or she operates. And then there's, of course, the common denominator. It's all products of Asiya, all products of Yitzir, all products of Riyah, all products of Atsilas. But within each world itself, you have endless products.
2: In real life, can you reach that without others? Huh? In real life, if you reach that way of notice, you can
1: Oh, so the whole Chiddush is going to be here. Can you go out? Can you, can you go back up? The whole idea here that's being conveyed is that the marshal is only a Marshall. In other words, that the reason it's this way is because you can always go back to the Nimshal. Through the marshal. you can always get back to the Nimshal. In other words, what seems like a concealment on one level is really only a tool of revelation. That's
2: huh? the
1: it's about realignment. It's about alignment. Alignment doesn't come from obliterating the Kaylee. Alignment comes from realizing that the Kaylee was never blocking. Was? Just from my perception. It was just blocking from my perception. Okay, we'll see. You we'll see. You <laughs> you're asking a good question what's the benefit of knowing any of this of doing the work I understand not just listening to a class of
0: doing the work. Uh,
1: The truth is, that itself, (laughs) that itself is a process where one person stands. For one person, as you just said, it's an issue of pain. The alternative is too painful. A person feels that his entire life is... Defined by anxiety, by uh, melancholy, by frustration, by sadness, by never actualizing who he is. So, just living in in that prison, he feels like he's in a prison. And he can't get out of it. And everything is defined by that prison. And he just wants to throw away the chains. He wants to unshackle himself. That's for one person another person, (coughs) what's painful for him is not knowing the truth. It's also he wants to know the truth. He wants the truth. He wants the MS. He wants the Pnames. And the two are connected, of course, because not being connected to your truth is painful. I think I think one of the deeper aspects here is, and I think every person has to give that answer for themselves, and the truth is some people do say what you say. It's completely irrelevant. I just want to make a paycheck and get to bed early. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it drives a lot, a lot of people. That drives people. But very often that itself is a response to a certain uh, resignation. It's really, I would say, ultimately, to discover who you are, to discover what reality is. Like, yeah. Why
2: is it so hard to get to the truth? Kind
1: of, well, it's erechaiser. It's, it's, you got to go back. The ladder goes two ways, right? Asking, the earth the comes down. It's on which way
2: that we have to
1: struggle Uh, so hard why isn't it more Ah, you need to go back up that's going to be the next subject in the mind that's a good question why is it so hard to get back
0: the truth is what we call
1: hard in some ways is also easy what's hard is the habit that I'm not used to it Right? But there's something called a flash, a light bulb goes off in your brain. Yeah. When the student suddenly sees it from the perspective of the teacher, it's all gone. Marshal from the Balshamtav, you know, the tell the Sakuraviaspring that he heard from the Shamtiv, A very deep Marshall There was a king and uh, he invited any subject to come visit him. And they came, but around the palace he had seven walls, and you had to climb each wall, the problem is when you came down there were beasts and, and thieves and barbed wire, it was just impossible so everybody stopped one guy made it one and it stopped and he says one fellow got through he just went and when he came to the other side he saw there was an optical It was an optical illusion it didn't exist so the good for the Bosch What's the Havana?
0: Okay. Huh?
1: No. Huh? Okay, we're a bit learning, but it's just. What? That is it the to
0: question everything question reality.
1: Yeah, same thing, the water. It was a test, but when he passed it, it was not there really, because it was only there to stimulate his, uh, his creativity. So after explaining at length the whole marshal that we have been exploring, where all of the concealments of a teacher... Who's communicating with a student in a way that is suitable to him? All of the, what we call tsimsumim and and hastadim, the restrictions, the concealments, the obstructions, the filtering, the screening of all of his words and ideas so that it's communicated to the student in a proper way, in a way that he could receive it and grow from it, and even more enclosed in metaphors and parables so that he should be able to um, experience the idea in a t- tangible and concrete way, are really not concealments, as explained, because their sole purpose is really communication, gilui. There's no holding back here. The entire holding back is only a mechanism. It's, as we would say, a hechi. Yeshiva Shaloshan, the Hester is adin din in the gilui. The Hester's a Hekitimsa of the Gilui. If you want to give, you have to hold back, not because you want to hold back, because you want to give everything. And if you give everything, you give nothing. You lose you lose the person. I knew a professor <laughs> it just came to me. I knew a professor. He passed away a few years ago. His name was Velvet Green. Velville Green worked for NASA for many, many years. One of his uh, positions was during the fifth nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties, when space travel was just beginning to uh, develop and excited it excited the world. They would ultimately land on the moon, so he had to figure out the microbes, the various uh, bacteria and germs that you have to deal with when you get there. <laughs> the problems down here are one issue, but what happens when you get there? So that was his field of research. Was, uh, not too many people uh, <laughs> are into that research. And he did it for years and years and years. He was a respected scientist, a secular Jew. He lived in St. Paul, Minnesota. Towards the end of his life, he moved to Israel. He became a professor at Ben-Gurion University in Beersheba. At some point in his life, in the 1960s, the early 60s or mid-60s, he met a Jew in Minnesota who was the Lubavitcher Rebbe shliach in St. Paul. His name was Rabbi Moshe Feller. And uh, they befriended each other. They started to develop a relationship. He started to learn more and explore Yiddishkeit. And he came to visit uh, the Rebbe in Brooklyn and was very impacted by him. And started a long correspondence back and forth, and ultimately, after a few years, he embraced Yiddishkeit slowly. He embraced Yiddishkeit, put his children into a Jewish school, and you know, kashras and Shabbos and etc. But uh, in the he was a real scientist, so he was uh, he was combat, combative. Uh, combative. So in the beginning of the car- of the relationship, he asked Rabbi Feller, how can it be that intelligent people don't believe in evolution? That we have evolved from uh, the whole process of Darwin's evolution, natural selection, which has been proven uh, according to so many scientists, etc. Rabbi Feller is a very humble person. <laughs> he said, listen, you got the wrong guy. I'm not... Uh, I'm not very familiar with this, uh, certainly not on your level, you're a scientist. But the Lubavitcher Rebbe is quite knowledgeable in these areas. Why don't you write him? Write him. So he wrote the Rebbe a very uh, long letter. I heard this from, from Valville Green, And uh, it was what you would call, a I don't know if you want to call it an arrogant letter, a chutzpah letter, letter, a very abrasive letter. In the letter he wrote that I have seen things that you have said or wrote about evolution, because there ever felt strongly that scientifically there 's no real uh, real proof for it. It requires also faith. Uh, and uh, I want to suggest to you that you stick to things that you know. teach religion don 't teach science. Because your ignorance that emerges is staggering, and it just puts you in a bad light. Why don't you stick to the world of religion, just preach what you're familiar with, that's your expertise. Let scientists deal with science. And he wrote a very long letter, quote-unquote, refuting everything he has read or heard from the Rebbe's letters, or talks to other people from the previous years, because the wrote to quite a few people about this. This was one of the sugis in the 50s that was very it was hotly debated and discussed and explored. And a very very sharp letter and how it turns him off and it's intellectually dishonest and you know Yiddishkeit has its merits and don't, you don't have to mix and become an expert in this area when you don't know anything about it. Okay. In the letter at the, at the beginning of the end, he also wrote some personal things. Whatever wrote him back uh, I got received your letter, thank you, etc. I was so gratified to hear that in the summer you put your children into a Jewish camp in Minnesota and he goes on with children and education, the mile of camp and summer and what you should do this summer. <laughs> Not a word like Dover, but like Hatsi Dover about his message. Good? He writes another letter. He he was he felt he felt he felt a certain closeness, but just this area he could not tolerate. The next letter, also nothing. Another letter. He had he had a lot, a lot of correspondence very often about a lot of things about Israel, about about uh, about NASA, about all these types of his life. So he thought that this was the Rebbe's way of conceding. You know, the Babu Rebbe was a big personality. He felt maybe it's not so dignified for him to say, you know, I know nothing about science, and you're right. But it was his way of, okay, you know, I got it, I got your message. Maybe I agree, maybe I disagree. Years later, years later, she years later, I heard this from him. Did ever write him a letter? Huh? He switched his kids to camp, switched his kids to Jewish school. And then years later, once he was completely involved in Yiddishkeit, the full Shoy Material Mitzvah, I already knew him. Uh, years later, uh, got p- p- bombarded with payas. I mean, he was a professor of science, of uh, of, uh, of chemistry or, or some other stuff. I don't remember, but uh, but he told this to me. Years later, he uh, he receives a letter from the Rem. and he says, a few years ago, you wrote me a letter about this and this topic, and I wanted to clarify to you my position. I writes him a long letter responding to every one of his questions, and uh, it was very not personal, that I shouldn't, but it was just responding, the union to all of his questions, and why, therefore, he maintains his position, and he thinks it's, as he puts it there, it has nothing to do with, uh, with faith, it has to do with science. He says, this is not, my position is not based on, uh, on a particular uh, preconceived reality, but it's rather, I think, good science when I'm arguing. I'm not arguing based on religion, I'm arguing based on science. And he went through a whole letter. Velvo Green liked what he wrote. But he wrote back to him, I don't understand. I attacked you, I criticized you. Years ago, What you just came up with these answers, years later. Why didn't you answer? So the Rebbe wrote back to him and said, I would have answered you then, I would have won an argument, but lost a Jew. He said, my mission in life is not to win arguments. I want to ignite Jews. That's why I didn't answer you. Now, uh, that's, I think, a very classic example of holding back, because you want to give much more. This is real holding back. It's not just a symptom. It's not just saying it in a nice way. It's saying nothing. It's really confessing ignorance to the point that in the student's mind, you absolutely know nothing, and you went down your tree, and I'm happy, and fun. and you're a nice guy, and let's move on with other issues. Right? It's not just holding back. It's holding back in an extreme way. But the entire holding back was really a form of communication. Because I wanted to ultimately... There's, in life, there's people who want to win arguments. You could win an argument, lose an argument, win an argument. If that's the objective, that's the objective. I expressed myself and I won the argument. If the objective, though, is the the student, if the objective is the person, then it's a completely different cheshman. And then, real giving is always holding back. Not because you want to hold back, because you want to give. And if you give too much, and sometimes if you give at all, you lost it. You lost the plot. Because at that point, he realized it's very defensive, you know, when you get into an argument and it's confrontational and everyone is just waiting for the other person to finish their points, so I can prove my point. It's not, there's no element of listening. Sometimes we've stayed away from this metaphor for a while so we could bring it in. But there's something called couples. And very often they get into this argument uh, routine and it's not about communication anymore. It's not even about winning the argument, because you know you're not going to. <laughs> it's, just about, it's just about expressing the argument. I don't even have, winning an argument, at least I want to win. Here, I don't even, I'm, no, I'm not, I just have to express it. I'm a clown, not thinking about you. Winning an argument is already an intellectual, uh, you know, there's something called sparring and debating in the, <coughs> in the institutions of academia. Sorry you know, they spar, you debate, you want to win an argument, that's a good debate. It's not so much hashpa, but here I'm just expressing myself. It's like when two people are screaming and you can't hear anybody. The main thing is, I expressed myself, so I feel better. But real hashpah, therefore, is about gilui, giving. But real gilui is always about holding back because you want to give, not because you want to uh, hold back. And therefore... It's essentially not a Hester. It's not a Hella because its entire. It's not just. It's Tachlis as It's Mitzias as Gilui. It itself is a form of revelation. I'm channeling. It's like uh, uh, if you're familiar with irrigation, with the processes of irrigation, they'll have a, a large lake or, or, or stream or or, uh, or or river or source of water, and then you have to uh, dig, right narrow canals. Ditches, they call them ditches in the earth to be able to to channel the source of water. Why do you need these narrow canals? Because if you just open up the source of water, you're going to flood your fields. So somebody's going to say, why are you holding back water? Why don't you irrigate? I'm not holding back water. I'm I'm building these walls or these ditches that are very narrow. I'm not holding back water. I'm giving water to my fields in a way that it could promote growth. Not that it'll just drown the field. And the main thing is, there's a lot of water. So the trickle is necessary in order to give. But is even more. I just It's not I want to give something. I want to give everything. And that is why in the contained and limited knowledge he puts in the entire depth, allowing the student ultimately to unravel from what he got to go back all the way to the space where the teacher was and is pre-tsimtzum. In the words of the Gemara, it takes sometimes 40 years to be able to revisit the idea and get it the way it was in the das of the Rebbe. For 40 years I also understood. But I, I I ultimately understood it post-filter, post-screen. I only saw it from one side. After 40 years I can get it to the other side. And then see how all the Mashalim and all the... All the metaphors and all the parables were really just manifestations of the full depth the way it was, the way it was in me. This is all the muscle for ent- understanding the entire existence, the entire cosmos. As we explained, there's the two forces represented by Havai and Alekim. We call them two only because in our world they are two from our perception. From the teacher's perception, it's a completely different experience. From the stu- from the teacher's perspective, there's no marshal and nimshal. The marshal is just is just the incarnation of the nimshal in different language. It's all one because he comes from the inside out. For him, the concealment is just the way of communicating the deeper idea and the depth is always there, even in the marshal. The full nimshal is always present, as discussed at length. So the same is true in Hawaii and Elakim. That Havayah represents Eir. We explained what Eir is. Eir meina moir, Eir davek be Eir ain't infinite, indivisible, undefined. The challenge of Eir, of course, is it doesn't allow for the existence and emergence of identity. Every world is based on yesh, and every world is based on gvul, identity and finiteness. There's categories, there's definitions, even the most spiritual world. It's Elohim, which channels the Eir into kalim, and creates chachma, chesed, gvure, teferes, which is divine energy, but it's divine energy that is restricted, and defined, and somewhat, we can't call it mamish finite, we're talking Silas, but somewhat finite, relative at least, and then there's more mesholim, and more and more mishalim, as he says, is a and parson, you go to a lower world, a lower world, a lower world, a lower world, and each keli, according to its dimensions, give the Ur a certain shape, a certain character that allows for the emergence of a particular type of existence, a particular type of world, a particular type of nivra, a particular type of soul, a particular type of angel, a particular type of heichel, a particular type of sphere, mida, koyach, human being, organism, or any force in the world, spiritual or physical, is ultimately the product of what? Of the individual tzimtzum and helem of that oi through the keli, which allows for the existence of the identity that the keli intends to have, that Hashem wanted, should emerge. And the marshal that you give for one student can't be the marshal that you give for another student, because it's different brains. It's not one one size uh, fits all. (laughs) One-size-fits-all works when you want to express yourself. I just have to express myself. I don't even have to express myself. I just have to feel that I'm expressing myself. But when it's about being, being absorbed by the Mechabal, it can't be one-size-fits-all, because they're not made of one size. You can't have the same shirt, the same pants, the same shoes, fitting everybody. And
0: wouldn't each Mechabal anyways accept it the way they accept it? So you can say one thing and let the Mechabal in the other way?
1: You said that yesterday also. say <laughs> That's also true. But as we know, if you have a, the world of Atsilas, the world of Bri, the world of Yitzira, there has to be a common denominator between all the Makablum in order for them to be able to hear it and receive it the same way. If everybody understands English, right, and understands the basic language, then you could say this person. What happens if you have one person there who doesn't understand English? Then you can't say, just speak, he'll take it in his own way. He's not going to take anything. So if the Ur er doesn't go through the keli, you're right. In a world where everything is in the Zalba category, there's many differences of how each one receives it. That's true. But when you have something that's of a completely different nature, you have to have a whole new symptom, but it should be able to exist. And here is the key that we have to recall, which I mentioned. And this is, as, as I said, it's abstract, so you have to connect the marshal to the nimshal. That the marshal falls short in one drastic area. That the teacher doesn't create the student. I don't create my student. In Yiddish there's an expression, kop kemen Teachers used to say, what does it mean? A Kemen Rivzal means, so people often took it in a derogatory way. You know, there's a guy who has to have a head and then I could teach him. I can't create a head. But in Chisidis, it's brought a lot. And it brings out the point that the, a good teacher is always dealing with, with something that's there. You have to work with it, you have to develop it, mentor it, grow it, but you're working with something that's there. You can't create something from nothing. What if you knew that your sheer, your message, is not giving knowledge to the person, or inspiration to the person, or guidance to the person, or challenging. It's actually creating the person. And it's hard for us to conceive, it's just like real science fiction. But what if your words, right, are not just being given to a macabre? The words are creating the macabre. They are creating the macabre. So what does this mean? This means that the type of mechabal that's being created is the type of words that are being communicated. So here it's not the marshal is suited for the mechabal. It's the marshal that creates the mechabal. His very existence and therefore parameters of existence are defined by this marshal. So then what this means is that each of us has a certain Consciousness, we operate on a certain level of consciousness. If you look at a butterfly, it operates on a certain level of consciousness. A bee operates on a certain level of consciousness. A hyena, or a rhino, or a cheetah, or an antelope, they operate on their, or elephants, they operate on their level of consciousness. They don't. You can't come to the elephant and say, come see the world from my perspective. The elephant will say, let me show you the world from my perspective. You may not want to see that. Hanging from his uh, tusk. But this is his layer of consciousness. Can, can, Can he develop? Of course he can develop. He can be healthy and he can grow within that layer of consciousness. But what is it based on? It's based on the fact, this is his brain. And this is how awareness is filtered. This is how much awareness there is in the animal kingdom. And this is how much awareness there is in the botanic world. And this is how much awareness there is in the mineral world. And this is how much awareness there is in the human world. And this is how much awareness there is in every single world and then in every individual creature and in every individual person. And it's all based on the keumbles. The kellen is not just channeling energy to something that preexists. That, that is its existence. So the definition of existence, the way I know it, Is based and is a direct result of the type of tzimtzum and halem and marshal that this earth went through, and that's why you can't compare the consciousness of the world of Atzilis, the highest world, to the consciousness of Briya, to the consciousness of Itzura, to the consciousness of Asiya Haruchnas, and then to the consciousness of Asiya Hagashmas. And here itself, there's endless categories. It's not just a different quantity, or different quality, or uh, a little more, or a little less. It's a completely, what is reality in one world, the other world doesn't even begin to have a clue. Begin to have an inkling into that reality. Why? Because imagine, the, this Talmud, his entire access to the information is the Marshall. All he knows is the mushal. And when we say knows, it doesn't mean that all he knows, his entire existence is this mushroom. That's one side of it. And in that sense, it's very humbling to appreciate this. It's very humbling to be sensitive to this, how small the person is. The chiddush, however, here is the opposite. That in the mashal, on one level it's the ultimate concealment, and on another level to have the entire nimshal in the mashal. Which is why, through the mashal, one can ultimately go back to the nimshal. And not just to a lower level of the nimshal, but to the full nimshal. I'm getting this dead stare from a bunch of you, so, whatever that means. <laughs> so let's see inside. So let's see inside. The entire concealment of a had harelagabe atzmosayin sof ain's a mile mm-hmm. of a master claw, just like in the marshal legabe atzmosayin sof meaning mm-hmm. legabe the core of the ayer ain's safe, which is the same source that restricts itself. Kaya chagavul and kaya chabligvul are one legabe. This there's no hester the canal be marshal shlegabe amashpia ain't shum helam. By the mashpiya, there was no concealment because the full depth of the wisdom and the ideas shine, they're present, even in the restricted flow of energy and even in the metaphors. We can understand also. The way it is above, meaning by Hashem, the Lagabi erin soif. When we speak about the infinite er ein shum tzimtzum vehesta klal, there is absolutely no such a thing as tzimtzum. No such a thing as restriction or concealment. The erin soif nimtzah b'makam hachalo la'achirat tzimtzumek merkayda matzot. The er of ein soif is present in the space of emptiness. Chalo means. The empty space, chalol, the libi chalol, halal is the empty outer space. They also call it the khalal because of its you know emptiness, so to speak. But here makam ha is in the, in the place of emptiness, la akarhatsim, post like before sim. so even though the expression makam ha comes from the Arizal. The Rizal teaches at Eitzchayim, the Sefer Eitzchayim, written by Reb Chaim Vital. Now listen carefully. That before the world was created, and when we say before, it means even before, before was created. You with me? There
2: was no concept of time.
1: There was no concept of time, thank you. So even before there was a concept of before. His expression is, the presence of infinity filled the entire empty space. What empty space? The space that, so to speak, would become the space of the universe. There was no space for the universe, but that space, there was no space. It was ain't safe. There was nothing empty of ain't safe. We're talking not physical space, but conceptual space. Right, but I'm saying even space, any form of space, we're talking about the concept, space as a concept. The challenge is, of course, as he puts it, I quote that, Lamidasilum as There was no room for the universes because, just to give the most simple illustration of it, even though it doesn't capture the full depth of the idea, but if I'm occupying a chair, you can't occupy the same chair unless I go away. Why? Because the space of the chair is filled. I knew a fellow, he was quite chubby, let's put it that way, mildly. So he would always order on an airplane two seats. He lived in Australia, so he had, to, had long flights. And he ordered two seats. The problem is, once they gave him seats in different parts of the plane, you know what he's supposed to do. That big he wasn't. What happens, forgive the brutal illustration, but what happens when somebody fills an entire room There's no space for anything else. Now you have it in a functional way, you have it in a dysfunctional way, an egotistical way. When somebody's ego fills the whole room, you know, sometimes you come to a meeting and somebody's ego fills the whole room, there's no space for anybody. Sorry, this room is filled with my ego, like the T-shirt, I'm easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. Ayid once came to the Tzamech to the grandson of the Balatanya, and he said... He came on Yechidus and he told the Tzermach Tzaddik, as the uh, ganze shul mir. The whole shul where I dive and everyone steps on me. Everyone tramples on me. So the Tzermach Tzaddik said right away. He said, you exp- you're, you're, you're so expansive, you're everywhere. Wherever anybody steps, it's on you. For you, somebody else stepping means they're stepping on you. You don't have borders. And of course we know, if you don't exist anywhere, you have to exist everywhere. Think about that. People who don't exist anywhere have to exist everywhere. When you exist somewhere, you can have borders. But if I don't exist, so where are my borders? So my borders are here, my borders are there, my borders are there. So suddenly I'll walk in, people walk in, they see two people having a conversation. Who are they talking about? We know who they're talking about. You come late for a sheer election, you have to go to the front seat because it's the only seat that's always empty, right? And you have to take off your raincoat, right? There's 2,000 people. Who are they all thinking about? There's only one thing they want to be thinking about, and it's me, and what an idiot I am. So we call that insecurity that Samach said, basically. You're everywhere, because what does insecurity mean? There's no place where I could be. So where do I have to be? Wherever I could be, I, am. So I must be there, I must be there, I must be there. <laughs> Wherever anybody steps, it's on you automatically. Because you're there too, because you have no place. So we understand that all relationships are based on symptoms. All relationships are based on the recognition where my I ends and your you begins. And I could create space for it, I could respect it. Which is why Alpi how How do you betroth the woman? So the Mishnah says in Kadush, star be Bia, money or a document or Bia, intimacy. La we could do the first two Rav Rav didn't accept bia But Kasif and Star is fine. But Nagu, the Ramam says, Nagu call you Seul a Kaddish or The Minig by Jews is not to betroth through a document, even though you could. You could write it and give the document. We do it with money or something that's valuable, something that has the value of money, even if it's not money itself. The Ramah says that the Minig b'apayal is to be Makaddish b'tabas, right, with a ring, and the source is from Zoya. The Raman, and says that the source is Yeshlam Tambetikuni I think, is Lushness. One of the ideas behind the ring is this idea. When you look at a ring, yeah, you have a graphic illustration of what Arizal speaks about when he speaks about Simpson. In fact, in Yitzhaim over with it is a picture of how he describes it. Simpson again, the picture is just a marshal to bring out the point. So he says the Ainsif so now I spoke about an ego, but now we have to go to the opposite. <laughs> Ultimate truth is truth and it's infinite. I was giving a marshal. But the Marshall and the Nimshal here are very, very different, in fact, opposites. Ein Seif was everywhere. What does it mean everywhere? Everywhere was the presence of infinity. So there was no space for the worlds. If, I, if something is infinite and limitless, there's no space for anybody or anything at any time or in any space, because any conceivable space is what is, is, is filled by infinity. If something is infinite, what does infinity mean? Infinity means that it has no limits. That's what infinity means. So if it has no limits, how could there be anything outside of it? If there's something outside of it, it's one of the two. Either that something is part of it, so it's not something, it's just part of the first. And if it's separate, then the first thing is not infinite. This was the great paradox that the Mechobolim struggled with. How can I exist if God exists? You have to say one of two things. Either I don't exist, which is the conclusion of some people. And even of some philosophies. There's a philosophy in the East known as Maya, which basically says all existence is a delusion. You don't exist. And the closer you acknowledge it, the faster you acknowledge it, the happier you'll be. Just get it over with. You don't exist. Again, did it. Ah, you think you exist? Fine, go to a psychiatrist. He also doesn't exist. And together you'll figure out why you think you exist. I where do those thoughts come from that you exist if you don't exist? Okay, akasha. It's but the point is, that's how they deal with it. The other idea is that God is not infinite. So the Arizal asks this question. It, these are his words. The Arizal filled the entire empty space and there was no room for the worlds. And when you say there was no room, it doesn't only mean there was no physical room. It means... There was no place means like you'll say in uh, in, in conversations in, in, in and in the language of, of, of Bnei Terni, you'll say, this svarah doesn't have a place. What does it mean it doesn't have a place? Svarahs have place? The svarah doesn't have a chair? What does it mean? There's no place for this svarah. What, what does it mean? It doesn't mean it doesn't have a physical space. It means it doesn't make sense. When you say it doesn't have place... When I say there's no place for this tissue box, there's no place for you to come in, it means I don't have a physical space for you. Every chair is taken. Standing room only. When you say there's no place for an idea, ideas don't sit on chairs, they don't need space. How many ideas could fit into this room? Yeah, Ideas don't need space, they're spiritual entities. When you say there's no space, it means... It's Mufrech, it's abgefrekt, it's ridiculous, it's absurd. Somebody will say asvar, he'll say, it's senseless, there's no place for it anywhere. <laughs> there's no place for it, it doesn't exist. So the Irizal says, there's no place for the world. In a pre tzimtzum reality, the concept of oilamas didn't exist, couldn't exist. You couldn't conceive of anything outside of infinity. Why? Because there's only one truth. So, what happens? So, there's something called Tzimtzum. What's Tzimtzum? The famous tzim, concept of Tzimtzum in Teresa and Teresa from Narizan is that the Irene Saif, as he puts it, Tzimtzim is Atzma. It withdrew itself. It withdrew its infinity from one space, creating a makamachalal, an empty space. Its infinite presence had to withdraw from one conceivable space, creating a makam, a place, where there could be something outside of infinity, or at least something that perceives itself as outside of infinity. That's called makam the empty space. And that's where creation happens. Creation happens in that empty space. The image for it is a ring, the ring has an encircling, encircling silver, encircling gold or white gold. In the middle is empty. The chassan places a ring on the ring of the kala on the finger of the kala. Essentially, it's a perpetuation of the doctrine of tzimtzum. What is tzimtzum? Tzimtzum means God. In order to have a relationship, needed to create an empty space. That is devoid of His infinity so that there could be room for you. Because if I am infinite or something is infinite, there's no room for you. So there's no you. There's only me. You with me? Yes. So that Simtzum allowed the Ain Seif to withdraw so to speak into its infinity, creating a Mokim khalal an empty space that is devoid of the full presence of infinity, now there can be a world there. So now you can exist, I can exist, we can exist, all of the universes can exist, and they have their own consciousness, their own identity. How? If God is ain't safe, God is infinite, how is there an existence outside? And the answer is the tzimtzum. So every relationship is based on this on some level. A person has to be able to say, I created space for your existence. And it's easier said than experienced. You could say it, but can you experience it? Some people can't. It's very hard for them. Because they may have a trauma that doesn't allow them to create space. As the Tzermach says, you have to be everywhere. And if you have to be everywhere, then wherever anybody is, they are automatically stepping on you. So on that concept, how do you understand then or uh, Kola, if you bring yourself in that space, then so, what you're asking, what does it mean? The word according to this is Kvayda. Kvayda means his glory or his covet, his providence. In other words, here we come to the big debate. What did the Arizal mean? This is one of the greatest debates in the world of Kabbalah and in the world of Jewish spirituality and mysticism. And the debate took place between some of the greatest minds of Jewish mysticism. Dairizal passed away in 1572. Shunlamet Beis and Tzvas, of In the following century, in the following two centuries, following two centuries, and a little more than that, a huge debate took place between Mechubalim, including already generations right after the Ariza, and later, what did he mean? And the debate is defined in very brief terms. Tsimtsum Kipshutay, or Tsimtsum Shaloi Kipshutay. Is the Tsimtsum to be understood literal, or is the Tsimtsum to be understood non-literal? What would it be the difference? Tsimtsum Kipshutay means, the Ariza it Kipshutay. He meant that the Tzimtzum is very real. Infinity cannot be present in the finite. Mm-hmm. So God can look at the world. He can examine it. He can he can judge it. He can survey it. He can be Mashgiach over it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the early Mekubalim, his name was Rabbi Amnuel Chayriki. He was killed Al Kiddush Hashem in the seventeen hundreds, around seventeen forty or so. And he wrote a sefer called Mishnas Chassidim. It was a very big makubal From Italy. Abi Amnual he also wrote a sefer, And he gives an example. He says that Dairizal felt that how can the king be in the dumps? You have a palace and you have outside the palace a pile of dung, ashba. The king could look at it through the window, but he's not in the place of the dump, of the dung. That's what he says. That's what Simsim is. He's not in the place of the dirt, of the filth. Why? Because, he says, it's not covered. Amal. It's not covered. Amal. He could look at it, he could see it. If he wants, he could control it. But he's not present there. So Malaychol it's Kavayde would mean his Hashgacha, his providence. He sees the whole world, but the Ein Saif is not fully present there. This was, you're surprised to hear this, but this was a perspective among great g'dayli Yisrael. Tzim tzim so the song, "Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere." Up, up, down, down, right. Yeah, you play it on the piano. Da, 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 yeah, it's not so partial, according to this perspective. God intentionally withdrew Himself. So the reason says, "Tzimtzum is atzmai." But Nikudahem Tzayyas, and he created a Makkah This was one perspective. Ramnu al Khairiki was a great, great Makubal, and others also. One of the great personalities who held on to this view was the Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon, who wrote a commentary on a section of Zoya called Sifrit Tzni Yissa, also maintained this view. To the point that in Vilna, at some point, this is in the, in the sad years of the Machloikas, they burned publicly a safer called Savasa Rivash from the Balshemtev in the 1700s, where the Balshemtev adamantly gives the opposite perspective that some people in Vilna deemed a precursor heresy. They were so strong about, many were so strong about this position that they felt it was a disgrace to say that the king is in the filth. And this world, even in sophisticated places, is called filth. Zevel. Ashba. This was one perspective, and I'm saying about Meqabala, <coughs> to, to the point that in Shara HaYichud Ve'amunah, in Tanya, the the Balatanya writes, there's a Tanya here. Could you give me the Tanya? Written? It's a red safer. The second section of Tanya, in Shara Yichid VeMuna Perik Zayin, the Balatanya says when he speaks about this debate. So he says, Yesh Lohovin shigigas Miktas Chachamim BeiNehem Hashem Yechaper BaAdam SheShogu Vitobi Yunom bekisve Harizo VeHivinu Inyen Atsimtzum Amusker Shom Kipshutoi this is how he describes the shit from everything I explain you can understand the mistake of some of the sages in their own eyes may God atone for them who have mistakenly and erroneously learning the writings of thy reason understood Tzimtzum, literally Kipshutai, that God removed his essence. He writes, heaven forbid. <laughs> Chas that God removed his essence from this world. He looks at it from above with divine providence on all creatures from heaven till earth. He surveys it, he has providence over it, he has ashgaha but he removed himself. That's how he introduces this Shitta, which is called Tzimtzum Kipshutai. Tzimtzum is How would you dia-
2: diagrammatically represent
1: that the circle? What would this be represented by? Some kind of ray? Some kind of straight line? No. no, the circle is what Dairizal says. The circle is what Dairizal says. And the circle is empty. So
2: that's pshuta. So it's an empty circle? It's
1: an empty circle. Dairizal just adds that afterwards, from empty circles you're not going to get anything. Afterwards, God took a little ray that he calls a kav, and he brought it back into the circle to create and sustain all the worlds. So, so it's a ray coming
2: out of yeah, outside.
1: out of the outside the circle. There's a ray that comes back in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. First, there's a complete withdrawal, and now it's empty space, and it's literal, whatever literal means. And now a ray comes back in, and God still has full providence, of course. But at to his essence, so to speak, the einsoif had to be removed. What do you want to ask, Abnuchem? That,
0: that ray is That's that ray.
1: That ray is called a kav. The calls it a kav, which means a line, which means a line.
2: It's through that line that the creation
1: sort
2: to say, yeah, 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 yeah. So isn't that influenced by non-Jewish philosophy? through a way that there's a clockmaker and a clock. And
1: no, even the opinion that Simsim Kibshuta says that God created, of course, the whole world the and this Hashgacha Survey the, the the
2: surveyor's view of the world. He's not in the ashba.
1: Right. He's outside. He's that? a surveyor outside. But wasn't that also a concept? Um, That's why it says Maloi Chalaret Kevoydi, and the pasuk that says Asa Shemayim VeSarit Zanim I fill earth and heaven would have to be interpreted as my influence fills earth and heaven. It's my influence. I'm still in charge. It's not outside of my domain. No. There's no other God. There's no other God. As he puts it here, in this Shitta, that uh, there's divine providence that extends in the entire world. And there's no other God. They don't hold there's another God inside the circle, Chas and then there's the other perspective of other Tambidim of Arizal, and that was that Simpson is not Kibshutti. Now what does this really mean? Let's take the philosophy Simpson Kipshutti. What does it mean? God removed Himself. You're not dealing with physical space. You're dealing with a concept. And even you're not even dealing with a concept, <laughs> because even a concept has intellectual space. So what does it even mean, Simpson Kibshutti?
2: Yeah, the was uh, anything inside will, will not exist though. Cayley was out the light inside.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so, that, so that that
2: that was That was
1: the argument. You can't put infinity into a place of finiteness. It's going to obliterate mm-hmm. finiteness. You want a world, you need a world. You want to be ain't save, be ain't so, but not here. <laughs> be ain't so there. That's the drastic idea of Tzimtzum. The drastic idea of Tzimtzum is God had to drill a hole in his infinity. <laughs> Literally, he had to drill a hole in his infinity. The infinity is hovering around the hole from all sides, but the hole, the space, is empty. And that's where the circus of creation happens. That's where everybody could come in and feel identity and experience identity. That's Tzimtzum K'Pshutah. It's interesting, Reb Chaim Valojana was a student of the Vilna Ga, his greatest student, or one of his greatest students. And he has a Sefer, mm-hmm. Nefesh HaChayim. And there he already maintains the position of Tzimtzum much closer to the Balshem That Tzimtzum is Shaloy kibshuta. There's still a few arguments, because there's four different ways of teaching Tzimtzum. There's four different opinions in Simpson. Very briefly, there's a very interesting letter. In 1939, there was a Jew, of Itch Amassimud, it was a chassid of the Rebbe Rashab, whose mind were learning, and the Rebbe Hayats, the fifth and sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was burnt in Riga. He was a great, great man, and he went to visit London. And he spent a few weeks with Rav Dessler, the Mihtav Mele Yoho. Rav Eliyahu, Eliezer well, Dessler, was then in Gateshead, in London maybe, probably before Gateshead. And uh, Rav Dessler was a great man, a great man, one of the big balimus, and he was very, very into chesidahs. Rav Dessler was very, very into chabad chzidus. He wrote a letter that the best weeks of his life were the weeks with Revitch Hamasmit, <laughs> because they would take walks and explore Chsiddas. Revdesler wrote in a letter I saw once. Revdesler tried to argue that there's no machleikus in Simpson, it's just different terminology. Uh, so there was a Jew from London, his name was Revbin he was a dayan there. So he wrote a letter to the Lubavitcher Rebbe in 1938 or 1939, who lived in Paris then. And he writes him back that uh, it's very hard to agree with this position, because in the early generations of Kabbalah, after the students of the everybody maintained that there was a real machlaikas. And when you look at the Svarim, he says there's four possible opinions. I'm just going to mention these opinions. They'll become clearer a little later. I'm just going to mention them. I'm not going to explain them. Opinion number one is the most extreme. Simsum kipshutay in the mire. Simpsum is literal in the source, in the essence. Like he says here, he took his essence out of the world, in the mire, in the in the in the luminary, in the source. Opinion number two, a little more, uh, a little uh, not so intense. Simsum Kipshutoi in the air. Literal simsum, but not in the source, in the light, in the light of Ein Sof. Like the light that came from the. the. Opinion number three. Tzimtsum shalaikip shutai. Tzim is not literal. And when you say tzimtsum tzim shalaikip it means tzim when you're talking about the moir. When you're talking about the oir, oh, there it is. And the fourth opinion, the shit of the balatanya. Is tzimtzum is not kipshutay, not in the ayer and not in the mayer, not in the source and not even in the ayer. But shaloi Kipshuta. When you say the word tzimtzum, it doesn't mean literal. It's just an it's 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 a word that was used in order to explain a certain concept, but it doesn't mean a real tzimtzum, an authentic tzimtzum. So again, you could say tzimtzum Kipshuta on all levels. Everything is mitzimtzum. The ayer is gone. And the mayer is gone, so to speak, gone from the pl- this place. Gone doesn't mean gone, gone from this place. You could say, no, that it only applies to the or. Right? So in the mayer, you don't say there was a Timtum Kipshutai. You was a say Timtum Shalai Kipshutai. And in the air, you say Timtum Kipshutai. That's a second Shitta. A third Shitta is that Timtum is Shalai Kipshutai. in the Meir, and Tzimtzum is Sholei in the Eir. That's a third Shitta. So this is already much different, because the whole Tzimtzum is Sholei And then the fourth Shitta, just to clarify, and then the fourth Shitta, the Shitta of the Balatanya, is as follows. In in, in, in the Meir there was no Tzimtzum and the Tzimtzum in Eir is Sholei so when Arizal spoke about Tzimtzum, he wasn't talking about the Mari, he was talking about the Ur, er, and over there it's Shaloh Now it sounds like some abstract debate, But the truth is it has a lot of Nafkeminahs, and this will be explored.
2: <laughs> so, this little... ah. 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 I don't mean, do like some ability by saying that he cannot be the Ashby cannot be this you make a motion like the king and Ashby i don't even close to move very close because a king Ashby, didn't create himself the Ashby is not hard but the same with Ashby it's all the same it's all the one energy so,
1: you're saying the marshal is not like the new song. what do you have to differentiate the melech from the ashman
2: and honest, I on a that. Yeah.
1: it's a our
0: brain understand good
2: question.
1: And why don't we just say we don't understand? No,
2: right? understand <laughs> is it, we it in my brain. the Frank's <laughs> our brain cannot That's <laughs> why we cannot... The definition is <laughs> wrong, right? The definition of our brain is...
1: <laughs> That's the definition of it.